when you say infertility, where you tell someone that they're infertile, there's a big mindset shift that accompanies that. And it feels very hopeless. Like just the word infertile, it just, it, it has a very negative connotation to it. And I think at least in my work, I, I, I do a lot of um, mindset work with my clients. And when you tell someone that their body is broken or that, you know, something is not going to work and kind of give them that like doom and gloom kind of messaging, their brain, you know, your brain controls how your body functions. Welcome to the Messy Mom Podcast by Fit Mama in 30, where we are all about ditching the idea of perfection during motherhood and embracing the messy, ranging from topics about pre and postnatal health, infertility, mom guilt, and the craziness that comes with raising a family. Get ready for 30 minutes of real, raw, and messy content. Let's work to embrace the messy together. Happy 2022, Mamas. It is Carrie and Bailey here with the Messy Mom Podcast, and we've missed you. Yes, it's been a minute. (laughs) It has been a minute, and (laughs) it's honestly, there's a lot of reasons, right? Um, We won't go into all the reasons, but the main one being, if you have been following us on social media at all, then you know that we have been doing a major rebrand and kind of refresh. So Fit Mama in 30 has a whole new look which we are very excited about. It's so good. Yes. Um, but it's taken a lot of work. On it's the, <laughs> taken on all the hours. The yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit. And we're calling it a progressive branding or rebranding because uh, it just takes time to kind of go through everything and make sure that everything has the new logo and this and that. So yeah, Messy Mom Podcast has been on the back burner just a little bit. Yes. So if you're, and also if you're in our fitness and nutrition community, Bear with us. We're working. <laughs> we're updating it gradually, as we yes. said. Yes, a progressive so relaunch is what I'm is what it we're is. calling it. And we're really uh, excited about it. I, we, I think we did our. It might have been our very last podcast before we went on a little hiatus. Um, and it was just because we wanted to take the time to just create this community for all stages of motherhood. So we're we're combining everything. So it's definitely been an undertaking. Mm-hmm. And the Messy Mom podcast is also going to get a little. New look as well. Yeah, a little facelift, kind of elevate it a little bit more. We're trying to do big things in 2022. Okay. So, (laughs) yes, we are. And like we said in our last podcast, it is just myself and Carrie. Um, So it just takes a little bit longer sometimes, especially when you have, you know, Carrie has two kiddos and I have one. Yeah. And you can't okay. do it all, ladies. You can't. We, we've come to that. Re- we thought we could. <laughs> yeah. And we even talk about it in this podcast. Um, we're really excited for this podcast. We're excited to be back. Um, we're starting out with a bang with a new guest, Whitney Gingrich from The Fertility Nut. Um, she is just a wealth of knowledge. She has so much great information of when um, you're, you know, might be going through infertility or if you're even trying to conceive how she can help you with that. And we had her on and she's, she's awesome. She's very, I feel like she's, she is very similar to us. Don't you think Carrie? Yes, yes, for sure. (laughs) Same type of kind of like humor and she's just great. And we had an awesome time recording with her. Um, But this podcast, we are talking all things secondary infertility. Um, Obviously it's not the most, you know, glamorous. Yes. Thank you. I, I was trying to think of the proper word for it. Yeah. Um, it's not, you know, it's, 
kind of a downer subject. Upbeat. Yeah, it's not the most upbeat. Yeah, but- upbeat. Yeah, it's not the most upbeat subject. It's, you know, something that's very, very challenging, something that a lot of women go through that maybe, you know, they might not talk about or, um, you know, you might know some people who are going through secondary infertility. I know I definitely do or did. Um, so it's a little bit, you know, like Carrie said, not an upbeat topic, but we think it's really important and we think that it could really help someone who is currently going through this. Or if you know someone who is currently going through this, um, then maybe, you know, give them Whitney's info just because I think she could be very, very helpful for a lot of people. And we want them to have that information early in the year so that they can, you know, um, try to, try to, um, just figure things out. Right. And kind yeah. of move I, forward. And I feel like she brought, honestly, I feel like I, there was like a lot of hope in the conversation too. Oh, I'm, for I'm sure. obviously not trying to get pregnant. Never again. Love, mm-hmm. uh, love my children. <laughs> but I mean, I really think that I, if I would have heard that information when I was experiencing it, I think just, it, it was, it was very hopeful for me. Like the whole thing, the whole tune and what she had, um, it's just, it's a very interesting take and something mm-hmm. that I think everyone would really benefit from. Mm-hmm. And if you've listened to some of our past podcasts, you might've seen the one that I talked about my experience with, um, unexplained infertility and why it's not secondary infertility. I even myself learned some things through this podcast that, you know, when I am ready to try for a second baby that maybe I'll, you know, I'll keep definitely keep those things in mind. Um, so there's definitely a lot of good info there. We could have honestly gone into a podcast for every single question, um, that we asked her. So this is, you know, she's just kind of giving you some quick information, but if you have, you know, more questions or, you know, want to reach out to her, then we give you all that information to do so, um, in the podcast, but also in the show notes as well. So without further ado, here is our podcast with Whitney. Enjoy. Welcome to the messy mom podcast, Whitney. We are so happy to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. And virtually be here. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Everything's virtual these days. So we're all just kind of used to it at this point. Um, Well, we, you know, just want to get to know you a little bit more. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, interests, hobbies, anything? How how far back should I go? (laughs) (laughs) However much you want to tell us. Uh, well, my name is Whitney. I am a mom of two, a uh, wife of one. <laughs> I live in <laughs> Indiana um, with my family, northern Indiana. So it's nice and snowy here today. Um, I am a registered dietitian turned fertility coach. And now I help women get pregnant. And it's the best job ever. <laughs> That's awesome. I that could have awesome. used you like uh, <laughs> two years ago at this point, I think it was. <laughs> Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Carrie and I both had some fertility kind, I guess I'll say, I don't know, issues yeah. um, that we had to yeah. deal with. So I was like, you know, when I was going through it, I there was so much that I didn't know. And we'll kind of get into that, you know, a little bit more into this podcast, but very, very thankful for people like you. Oh, well, it's I'm obviously like my pleasure, my joy. I love it. <laughs> good, good. It's it's so interesting, too, because um, for those of you, most of you who are listening to this um, already have children. Um, so we kind of thought when we were talking about what we wanted Whitney to really discuss, we thought we'd kind of focus on secondary infertility um, just because, um, you know, especially I might be I'm a little bit um, older, older in age. So a lot of <laughs> a lot of my friends, too, you know, they might have been had a really successful first pregnancy, but that secondary infertility is where 
um, everyone struggled. So Whitney, if you don't mind, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about what secondary infertility is and where they should begin if they're struggling with it? Well, first, I want to talk a little bit about the term secondary infertility, because that's something we hear quite often. And it does. It's it's trouble getting pregnant after you've had a successful pregnancy and live birth previously. But I think that the the term infertility is just not very accurate, because when you look at the definition of infertility, it's lacking fertility, lacking the ability to get pregnant. And a lot of times um, what I find is that women struggle with disfertility or subfertility is a more accurate term. And that can be caused by a variety of different reasons, um, genetics, stress, um, ovulation dysfunction. There's a lot of different things that can impact your fertility. But I think when you say infertility, where you tell someone that they're infertile, there's a big mindset shift that accompanies that. And it feels very hopeless. Like just the word infertile, it just, it, it has a very negative connotation to it. And mm-hmm. I think at least in my work, I, I, I do a lot of um, mindset work with my clients. And when you tell someone that their body is broken or that, you know, something is not going to work and kind of give them that like doom and gloom kind of messaging their mm-hmm. brain, you know, your brain controls how your body functions. And so if you are, if you feel like something is broken, it changes your hormonal flow, it changes the neurotransmitters being secreted. And so with secondary infertility, um, I like to, I prefer calling it more like secondary disfertility or subfertility than, you know, just the the big overreaching, like infertile. It's just such a I don't know. The the word infertile has just a lot of feelings associated with it. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I don't know if that answered your question. What was <laughs> what? No, but actually it was great because it makes, I mean, we talk about this all the time. Like your mind body connection is so insanely powerful mm-hmm. and that's everything. Like we're talking about infertility, but that's any sickness. Like when you tell yourself you're sick or something is wrong with me, I mean, I mean, I'm sure you can go into this too, but like you'll get physical signs of what you just, what you're telling your body you are. It's nuts. Absolutely. Um, Mm -hmm. So you did describe secondary infertility really well. Um, Mm -hmm. And I loved your answer. So I love that. I love that tangent we just went on. Um, I think the only other part was where, maybe where should someone begin if they're struggling with it? So I always look at why it's going on. So um, in my work, I was trained in conventional nutrition, but I've done a lot of, you know, postgraduate training in the functional side of nutrition and medicine and that kind of thing. And a lot of times with conventional doctors or just like a typical OBGYN, their training is um, specialized in surgery and prescriptions. And so a lot of times if you go in and you're like, hey, I've been trying to have a baby for six months, it's not happening, or I've been trying for over a year, it's not happening. um, A lot of physicians will move towards a a medication approach. And obviously I'm not a doctor. um, So I wouldn't, I, I have nothing to do with that part. But what I try and do is look at why this might be happening, especially if you have already had a successful pregnancy and live birth. There's 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 a reason the body just it's very rare. I mean, it, it can happen in autoimmune circumstances or if something um, drastic shifts in your system. But in general, if you go from having, you know, pretty normal fertility to having subfertility or disfertility, there's something that happened in between there and we need to figure out what it is. And so the thing that I like to do first is look at lab work. Um, And this extends, you know, past just the normal, like, comprehensive metabolic profile or the things that you get in your yearly labs. Um, Mm -hmm. Like when I was working at a hospital, 
we used to get like our wellness profile. We got like a bonus on our insurance or something like that. You're going to have to go a little bit deeper when you're looking at your fertility because um, fertility is not, it's not a, how do I, how do I want to word this? It's not just a basic function. Your fertility is a luxury. Mm -hmm. Since you don't require fertility to survive, when something is off in your system, your ability to get pregnant is actually one of the first systems that gets affected because you don't need it to live. You need your heart. You need your liver. You need your skin. You need all of this, mm -hmm. all of these different organs. You don't need your sex organs in order to live. And so if there is a disturbance in your body somewhere... Um, or your environment somewhere, your fertility is like a canary in the coal mine. It's one of the very first things that gets uh, affected. And so looking at in-depth lab work with your hormones specifically, oh, the thyroid. Gotta, gotta look at that thyroid. It's so, so, so important. I know I'm getting kind of specific, but those, like, no, I would great. say starting with lab work. <laughs> okay. that's That just, like, blew my mind. I've never thought about fertility being, like, a secondary to like mm -hmm. survival and everything that you said, I've that was just like very interesting to me, mm -hmm. <laughs> especially someone who has gone through um, infertility. And I actually like how you explained just even the word infertility. Um, I never thought about that. And I don't think I ever had my thyroid tested mm -hmm. when I went through my fertility experience. I mean, they tested all of my, you know, hormones and everything, um, except I don't believe that they tested my thyroid. So that's really interesting. You think that they, they would. Yeah. <laughs> I find that it gets missed a lot. And what they, what I also find is they look at direct sex hormones, but there are so many other systems in your body that affect your, your sex hormone production, your gut health, your thyroid, qual thyroid quality, thyroid function, um, your adrenal, ad adrenal gland health, all of those things impact your, your actual sex hormone function in such a big way. And oftentimes it just, oh, if it's not, you know, estrogen, testosterone, it's not really attached to your fertility kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, it's, it's much bigger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's interesting too, because they told me I had unexplained Mm -hmm. infertility, like everything was checking out, you know, good, uh, but they couldn't really figure it out. So, if you know, that would have been interesting, maybe if I would have known that to have be like, you know, hey, check my thyroid, maybe it's that, you know, maybe no, we no, could no. take a look. I don't know. Yeah. What's <laughs> <laughs> maybe for Go a second, ahead. baby, which I'm not thinking about right now, but <laughs> maybe for a second, maybe hopefully there's yep. no issues. But if there are, then hey, I just learned something. You got a path. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of things that people, you know, just don't know when I was going through my experience and yes, it wasn't secondary infertility. I was just blown away by how the woman's menstrual cycle is not talked about or discussed at a young age, like when we're in school in depth. That was just something like, I was like, why don't I know this mm -hmm, <laughs> when, yeah. when I was learning and, you know, trying to get, you know, to the root of the problem. So can you kind of explain, I know this could be another podcast in itself, but can you kind of explain um, the phases of the cycle just so people and women have, you know, somewhat of an idea of their <laughs> menstrual cycles? Because obviously that's a very important part of fertility. Yes. So Technic. Well, it, it's interesting to explain it, and I, you should see me. I talk so much with my hands. I'm, my hands are going. To, <laughs> oh, so do I. All me too. So do I. Throw them around like crazy. Um, <laughs> but you have two like primary sections of your your cycle: pre-ovulatory, which you call your, which they call the follicular phase, and then post-ovulatory, which they call the luteal phase. 
within those phases, you have like two little sub phases. So within the follicular phase or the first half of your cycle, you also have the menstrual phase, um, which is if you're ever, if you've ever charted your cycle, they call the first day of your period is cycle day one. Um, and then after you, um, I'm sorry, the, and then your ovulatory phase. So when you actually ovulate, which is once a month, you get an egg dropped and that's your ovulatory phase. So there's two larger phases and then two little ones within those bigger ones. And there's, I, you know, you're absolutely right. When you say that the menstrual cycle, they could be a whole different, like five podcasts. Yeah. There's <laughs> so much information you can gain from monitoring what's coming out of your body. It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's mind blowing how much we're not taught. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's like, why isn't this stuff discussed? Like, in health class in high school or even earlier, you know, middle school, elementary, middle school. Like mm -hmm. I just, it's always when I was going through it myself, I was just like blown away, like how this isn't taught. And I'm like, why we should know this. We should know about our bodies and what it's going through. Well, and that's honestly, I think that is where I didn't have secondary infertility and it took us nine months to get pregnant the first time. And I a hundred percent can contribute to my cycle and not just knowing like, I mean, you know, you do all the Clomid, you do all the things to get on. It's like, if I would have just known a little bit more, like you said, about what's coming out of your body and yep. what to look for and what, because I mean, my son, granted, we, we, we wanted to, but he wasn't exactly planned. Like it happened like nothing. And it's crazy because I knew what to look for. Mm -hmm. Like it just, to me, it was like, if I would have known all this information on day one, how fast would I really have gotten pregnant? Like that's what, I, that's in my head. It's like so much information that you really just wish you would have known. I think about that all the time, just how, how many women are, you know, trying to, you're in that trying to conceive phase and every month. And this is, this is the thing too, when you're trying to get pregnant and every month goes by and you, you're disappointed, you get the negative pregnancy test. It tears you apart just yeah, a little bit. It does. It tears down your confidence and your belief that you're a healthy, you know, I use the term normal in quotes, like normal uh, woman, you know, it, it shakes your foundation. And like we talked about earlier, that mindset piece, if you don't, if you start to, you know, not believe that you're whole or, you know, ready for this, that your body can't do it, it just, it shakes all of that hormonal foundation, neurotransmitters, it does so much. And even just knowing when you're ovulating, it's, it's something I, I've, you know, I went through all the sex ed classes in, in high school, middle school, whatever. Um, I did four years of undergraduate. I did two years of graduate degree and never once, and I was a health major, never once did they go through the female cycle or talk about signs of ovulation or how to confirm ovulation or anything like that. It's just, it's kind of mind blowing. And you have, and also like what to look for. Cause you know, like when you're in that moment, you almost stop, like you forget what you know anyway. Cause like you said, you're so like just upset and you're just so distraught that you don't think about it. Like I'm almost 38 years old and I can tell you to the day when I ovulate just by feeling my body. Yeah. Like, and I couldn't have done that in my, when I was, when did I have Kate? When I was 30, mm -hmm. you know, almost 30, you know, when I was 30, almost seven, seven years ago. I had no idea. And to now, now knowing what I know when I'm not in that moment, like I got to get pregnant, got to get pregnant. It's mm -hmm. crazy. If you actually like know that information going in, what you could probably do. We could save a lot of time. Yes, we you. really could. <laughs> That's yeah. so interesting. It really is. It's just, it's mind blowing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, that was amazing. Well, now 
um, with what you do, obviously, we would love to know or just hear about, you know, what foods do you recommend someone start including in their diet to help boost fertility? So what we just talked about, all these yeah. women who are like, yes, yes, what do I do? <laughs> Great. Um, we don't yeah. know anything. Now what do I do? <laughs> no, you know, where to start or maybe what foods they can start including to just boost it? Well, I think, um, you know, as women, we are uh, how do I want to put this kind of source of dieting? Like we've all done it before a little bit of restriction, the calorie counting, jumping on a different plan, trying, you know, AIP whole foods, paleo, and there's so many different options thrown our way. And when you start to Google, <laughs> when you start to Google uh. fertility diet or <laughs> infertility diet, look out yeah. <laughs> red flag. Yep. There's so many options out there. And I can tell you, right, you know, I've studied this graduate degree, board certified in literally I'm board certified in food. There's no perfect fertility diet. It does not exist because every woman's needs are very different mm -hmm. and every woman's needs change on a day to day basis as well. So the things that you need in the first half of your cycle might not be the same things that you need in the second half of your cycle. And so listening to all the external voices telling you, you, you have to do this and you have to cut out this and you're, you know, all these shoulds coming into our brain. I try to encourage all of my clients or any woman to start from a place of inclusion versus exclusion rather than restricting or cutting out all the dairy, all the gluten, all the nightshade, sugar, uh, coffee, all of the stuff, instead of jumping straight into cutting all the, all, all of the things out, start by including more of the things that we know support egg quality. So things like, I said, things like, <laughs> things like, um, uh, cold water fish, like salmon, tuna, um, dark leafy greens, really vibrant, vivid colored fruits and vegetables like berries, citrus, um, herbs and spices like turmeric, all of those beautifully colored, bright things from nature honestly do so much amazing things, so many amazing things for your body and help replenish a lot of the nutrients that support egg quality. So I always like to start by like, what can I add to this meal um, instead of what do I need to get more stress out about? Mm -hmm. Sounds I, familiar, huh, Bay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you, yeah, and I think, you know, when you're going through this, you're at such a point where you're like, I'll literally try anything. Mm -hmm. So I feel like you kind of go down this rabbit hole of, you, know, you do the Google searching, right? You, and you go, you find something, you go, okay, I'll try it. It doesn't work. You find something else. You're like, I'll try it. You just, you're so, you know, you want it to work and you're desperate mm -hmm. for anything. So I think it's, it's good. You know, maybe this is like coming to someone like you could probably save yourself a lot of time and a lot yes. of you know, agony of going through this rabbit hole of different diets and different things. And, oh man. Yeah. I just think people like you are just so needed. Um, so, kind of with that, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you provide, what services you provide to help women who are trying to conceive? So when I, I like to use what I call the five pillars of fertility. So food, movement, mindset, um, environment, um, wait, food, movement, I got to get my fingers out. <laughs> environment. And then, um, I like to add supplements as kind of like a cherry on top to help shift things when we, when we need to. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I like to build the basics, getting your cycle regulated, pain-free periods, healthy signs of ovulation, um, 
feeling, you know, less stressed, improving mindset around your body, around fertility. And also, I think one of the big things that I like to do is getting the support that you need. Instead of trying to do all of it, identifying the areas that actually are going to move the needle for you instead of, you know, just getting on that hamster wheel and running from doctor to doctor to doctor to doctor. Mm -hmm. Because that gets expensive too. It gets very expensive. I always say (laughs) fertility is like monopoly money. Like once you start talking, it's like when people get married and you say, I need a wedding cake, it'll be charged like five times more than just saying like, I need a cake. Um, When you say you're trying to get pregnant, it's just, yeah, same thing. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it can get exhausting financially. Definitely. Mm -hmm. That's very cool. Well, we always love to end on one amazing question. And as a mama of two, I'm sure you have one. Um, What is one messy mom moment or moment that you can remember? Any stage, anything that comes to mind? It's up to goodness. I know there's so many. My son's seven now, so there's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The gosh, I think probably the one that stands out to me the most is because we, I I think, with all kids, you know, things on the floor, trying to clean up, trying to put away the toys for the fifteenth time that day. (laughs) And I, one day, I had just had it, and my son had left this Spider-Man. Um, figurine. He was like this little, uh, he was like a little plastic one and he was kind of big too. He was maybe like a foot tall um, and he had left it out and I pitched that thing across the room and not, not at him or near him. He was fine. <laughs> I was just, you know, frustrated picking things up and that little Spider-Man, the way it hit the wall, the head got stuck in the wall and he was <laughs> impaled in the drywall. <laughs> and Ben just, my, Ben's my son. Ben just looked at me and he's like, mom. <laughs> and I was like, this isn't my proudest moment, but it did happen. And it was funny too. It was like, I still have a hole in the wall. It is not fixed. I just put a little mirror over it. <laughs> hey, over whatever it. works, right? <laughs> whatever is going to be quick <sighs> and to the point. That's funny. That's mm-hmm. really, when did that happen, Whitney? Like how many years ago? Oh, <laughs> long enough that I'm a bit embarrassed to tell you the <laughs> hole is still there. <laughs> and a couple of years. I won't, we won't disclose that on air. Yeah, it's been um, a probably three, four years. <laughs> it's just, it's so funny because I, I recently did something similar to my seven-year-old. She leaves socks all over the house and it drives me, I don't know why it drives me nuts. So one day I picked up her socks and I threw them in the laundry room, but now she looks at me and she goes, that was a little aggressive. I was like, you oh. sound like me. <laughs> Where did she learn the word aggressive, Carrie? I wonder. I say mm. it a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. I always say when someone's raising it, I'm like, that's a bit aggressive. So yeah, I'm getting my, I'm getting a dish back to me now. And it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. It all comes back. <laughs> I'm sure this will be the thing that he remembers. Oh, totally. For years. He'll be an adult and he'll be like, you remember when you hurt my Spider-Man? You hurt yep. Spider-Man. I hurt Spider-Man. I'm really sorry. I apologize profusely. And then we talked about how to best <laughs> use your words and <laughs> all of that stuff. But he's Spider-Man, so he'll be fine. Oh, That's yeah. Right. He's fine. He's still okay. It's in his drawer. <laughs> he just had a movie come out. He's fine. He's totally fine. <laughs> Hilarious. Well, Whitney, thank you so much for this. This was seriously amazing. I feel like, I mean, Bailey and I have learned so much. It's, it's absolutely nuts. I think you could be a total blessing to a lot of the listeners in our community, to be honest. I just think there needs to be more concentration on what you do. Um, I think there would be a lot of less frustration and maybe a lot of time and money saved if you would, if you could start with, you know, what you do. So um, where can our listeners find you or how can they contact you? 
I am on social media at The Fertility Nut and my website, same thing, thefertilitynut.com. Um, and I can, if you follow me there, I deep dive into a lot of the topics that I just kind of briefly touched on today, like the food and the cycle tracking and a lot of that stuff. So if you're interested in any of that, all of my goodies, all of my, my nuggets of, (laughs) of education are right over there. Oh, and I also just launched, I forgot, of course, I've got to tell people about this if I want people to enjoy it. Um, (laughs) I just launched uh, the Find Your Fertile Path quiz, and that's available um, on the links in my social media or on my website. So if you are looking for your own fertile path to fast track things, definitely don't miss that. It is a really wonderful resource. Oh, that's great. It is. I know. I just love, thank you so much for just coming on and giving us this information because it is, I mean, Bailey and I talk about this all the time, but just hearing, hearing it reiterated that, you know, to really like hone into your body and start with listening. And, um, I especially loved how you said, you know, you start with what are you missing added in before you restrict. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just a huge thing we always preach. So it's mm-hmm. just nice to hear. Yeah. I, I, there's, I always joke like the women who come to me, it's never because they're not, it's because they're trying to do it all. And they're, they're on that, that fertility hamster wheel. And it's just, it's, it's absolutely exhausting. We tried to do it all, you know, Mm -hmm. always. Oh, definitely. And especially when you're going through infertility, it's like you, you're making sure that you're, you know, dotting all your I's, crossing all your T's. You're just trying to be so perfect about everything. And then it's, you just have to realize that you can't do it all. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, sorry, is- sorry, ladies. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ever. Yeah. Anything. <laughs> exactly. Well, well awesome. this was great. Thank you so much, Whitney. We'll have to have you um, come on another- again for another topic because, like I said, we could we could go into so many. All- probably all of these questions could be a podcast on their own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd love to. I've had fun. Thank you for having me. Of course. And yeah, we're it's this is our first podcast back in a while. So thanks yes. for our first guest back and. Thanks to you, thanks to you, mamas, for joining us for this the latest episode. We hope to be on a m- more consistent schedule. But hey, Bailey's a new mom, so uh, it's always something. Right? Yeah, we're gonna we're try to give it our best. We're trying. Um, yes, but if you are enjoying this, make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast. And if you know of a mama who is struggling with secondary infertility and think this information would be helpful, please pass it along. Um, but until next time, we will talk to you all soon. Thanks, ladies. Bye. Bye.